you give a Freudian interpretation, a sociological interpretation, an historical interpretation, all these different ways of looking at scripture, but it doesn't actually change anyone's life, enlighten them in any way, or free them from the bondage of birth and death. So all the, there are all these different ways that people have of approaching these things. And but Prabhupada called his book Bhagavad Gita as it is, which irritates some people. Uh, we discussed yesterday how Prabhupada makes that case. Although some one person wrote a book called Bhagavad Gita as it was. <laughs> just just to bounce off of that one. You have to understand the Bhagavad Gita in an historical context and speculating about when it was actually spoken or written down and so on. So this is the idea that we have here, that uh, this idea of parampara, one after another, a chain of speakers. Uh, and as we'll see, it's controversial. When I was a kid, Sometime in school, we had this game where we all sat in a circle and somebody said a sentence to somebody and went around and when it got back to the end, it was all different. Uh, to teach you that you can't uh, believe anything. <laughs> uh, people get changed. And so people will think that uh, something like that, if the message has been passed down and Prabhupada says something like, no change. Spoken it just as I received it, and I haven't changed it. Well, how is that possible? Um, so this is the first I, uh, first principle that uh, that knowledge is uh, is received from a qualified person in the succession from one after the other. And the second thing is that. Parampara has its origin uh, in specific foundational paradigmatic experiences of divine revelation. Shastra contains the record of these experiences as well as of important subsequent instantiations of those experiences. So, for example, uh, Yesterday, reading Srimad Bhagavatam, it was the third recitation of Bhagavatam. It had been passed down, that the text as we have it, already got a record of three different times. Uh, when we are uh, reading uh, Bhagavad Gita, uh, it's being spoken, but that's relating the conversation between Krishna and Arjuna, that conversation. But now it's being again recited to Dhritarashtra. Uh, so it has been passed down. Uh, so, but where it starts, the Bhagavad Gita is Krishna's. He starts it, he speaks it. Although you notice that Krishna does a very interesting meaning, quotes a lot of the Upanishads. 
But still, because he's the supreme personality of Godhead, he also has the authority to, to take that knowledge. And he then says, I spoke this a long time ago. In the Bhagavad Gita, I'm speaking it to you, but actually it was spoken a long time ago. And he tells an earlier transmission uh, in the dynasty of the Surya Vamsa Kshatriyas. Um, so these, uh, uh, these, uh, so, it's, it's, it's spoken, it's transmitted uh, from a beginning, uh, and, and what, what you have uh, in Shastra is when the knowledge is conveyed, at least in the Bhagavad Gita, the Srimad Bhagavatam, there's somebody there who, who is receiving it, it's a, it is a transmission. And how that person heard it, received it, and accepted it, that also becomes a model for us. So Krishna is the speaker of the Bhagavad Gita, Arjuna is uh, hearing it, how he heard it, uh, it, 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 it is the standard for receiving it. And then when it gets passed down, in the same way, Bhagavatam, a series of speakers and hearers, uh, and how they heard it uh, is also stands as a, a, a model uh, for the rest of us. So these these uh, these uh, when you say revelation, something is disclosed, something is opened up, something you didn't understand, you didn't know about is shown to you uh, and, and what what well we'll get to this part uh, you repeat the experience it's not ju it's just it's not merely the uh, recitation of words that somebody memorizes it and repeats it you say, oh, we don't need Prabhupada anymore, we have recording devices now. That doesn't do it. Something else is happening. There's a transmission of spiritual potency uh, that goes along with these words. It changes the consciousness uh, and turns us into uh, uh, people able to able to, to uh, understand uh, this and to uh, take these original experiences and, and uh, undergo them all over again. But there shouldn't be any difference in Prabhupada from hearing uh, uh, Bhagavad Gita. You should be able to have the same experience that Arjuna had. That's that's what has to happen. So therefore, uh, we talked about this yesterday. When Prabhupada came with the Bhagavatams, part of that coming with Bhagavatam entailed starting Iskron. 
because he had to be able to create the people who were able to hear. And it says one has to hear with rapt attention. But you can't hear with rapt attention unless you're pure in mind. And you can't be pure in mind unless you're pure in, as he said, eating, sleeping, mating, and defending in all your activities of life. So Prabhupada had to have a system for creating people who were able to receive it. Otherwise, you can say it and nothing will happen. So he not only brought, this, he brought the Bhagavatams to the West, but he also gathered people together and said, now you, you have to stop taking intoxication. Otherwise, you won't be able to hear. You have to be able to pay attention. You, 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 your mind can be... Basically, the mind that's governed by the modes of passion, the modes of ignorance, will not be able to hear with proper attention. All these people, the audience has to be created. Uh, so this is the this is the, the, the this one after another because those people who are the hearers then are expected to become the speakers to the next down the line. Uh, our third point here is that parampara follows the understanding of revelation by certain great souls, the Mahajanas, uh, whose realizations and actions are normative. They set the standard. This is how they heard. And this is what they understand. Uh, and, and there's a famous verse, you know, Tariko uh, Patishta. How do we know the truth, huh? Well, uh, Tarka, logic, has no foundation. Tarko Afatishta. Do you think you're looking for logic? Well, of course, there's two kinds of logic. There's inductive and deductive. In, the problem with inductive is that it's based on counting. You can count uh, 600,000 crows and they're all black. And you can say, therefore, all crows are black bird, but there's no guarantee that the 600,000 the first won't be a different color. <laughs> you know? That's induct. The problem of induction is always a, the difficulty. Deduction is better because if the premises are true, then it's sure and certain that the conclusion is true. The, the typical example of deduction, uh, uh, all men are mortal, Socrates is a man, therefore Socrates is mortal, right? Induction is certain. But you don't like it, I'm Socrates and I don't like that, that mortal. I, I can say, how do you know all men are mortal? Have you seen everyone? Or, how do you know no man, maybe I'm a god? So all, 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 all a deductive argument is tell the price you have to pay to deny the conclusion. So Tarko Pratishta. Shruta Yoga The scriptures are divided in, the, in the different groups. You know, there, there's Puranas in the mode of goodness, Puranas in the mode of passion, Puranas in the mode of ignorance. So 
you, you can pick a scripture and say, this is, uh, I followed somebody online, I followed this scripture. I once had a Christian come into my office and say, you know, the Bible says, I said, I said, this is my scripture. He couldn't say a word, you know, I told him the Bhagavad Gita. He couldn't say a word. I believe this is the word of God. <laughs> that was the end of that. If you go to the rishis, the experts, they'll all disagree. <laughs> no one can be a rishi without, a, if he just agrees. The same in academics today. If you disagree with everybody, your career is over. <laughs> you have to find something new. <laughs> so, so all the so. Uh, the truths of religion, the truths of religion are hidden in the hearts of great souls. You have to follow in the path of these Mahajanas. Uh, that's what it says. Here's a, we mentioned the Mahajanas here. Uh, their revelation, their, those people, the Mahajanas, uh, we have a list of 12, but they're, they're you know, uh, we have people like in the Bhagavatam, not Prahlad, the Mahajanas. How did he understand? These normative people whose understanding, their, their realizations and their actions are normative. They set the standard for the rest of us, how, how we should. We should understand. So that's all part of Parambara. That it follows those understandings by, by great souls. How Arjuna heard the Bhagavad Gita uh, and, and, and so on. Uh, we'll go to the first, uh, uh, next part is that the purpose of Parampara is to reprise the original revelatory experience. That is, the experience is recreated without loss or diminution in each generation. So that, that enlightenment that takes place, uh, it should not be lost. Because what's transmitted is spiritual substance and experience knowledge. When Prabhupada said, jnana vijnana astikyam, uh, there's these two things. Jnana means book knowledge, knowledge you, but Vijnana means realized knowledge. And by realization, uh, it's what you experience. Uh, and so, Prabhupada writes uh, that, that by, by really understanding Bhagavad Gita as as we have gotten it, you can have the same experience and the same enlightenment that Arjuna underwent in the Madhav Kurukshetra. And it won't be less for you than it was for Arjuna. If you can be a hearer like Arjuna, it will be there. The potency is not lost. So that, that that's 
That's, that's why the civic successions are created, to be able to transmit not just words or ideas or theories or doctrines, but, but spiritual power, spiritual potency. Uh, uh, part of the, our, our philosophy is, is that um, uh, we are taught of the Lord Chaitanya, especially Krishna and Krishna's name are the same. There's no difference between the name and that which is named. In the, in the, in the world, relative world, uh, uh, my name and me are two different things. But when you come to the absolute truth, then Krishna and Krishna's name are the same. How can you understand that? Well, one has to hear purely. Uh, and to experience Krishna's name uh, as it actually is. Uh, when, we, when, we, when we have reached uh, that point of, uh, of purity and undivided attention, then we will also have that experience of Krishna being present in his name. Just like Krishna and Krishna's picture of the, of the same. Uh, Krishna and Krishna's statue are the same. Uh, all, all these, this, this difference is not there in transcendence. Uh, and, and so, uh, uh, if we can say, if I can understand it, the Mahamantra is named three names of Krishna. Uh, but uh, uh, Bhagavatam is the name of Krishna. It's the big name of Krishna. It's all of uh, everything you want to know about Krishna in relation to different energies, different incarnations. Uh, because for every activity that Krishna does, there's a name. He's Jamunatila Vamachara. He's the one who wanders in the groves on the banks of the Jumuna River. He's Yasodananda. Uh, he, 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 he's the Lord of Gopinath. All of these are names of Krishna. And everything he does is a, is a name. You put all those names together, it's still the same person. Well, that's. that's uh, the ideas there with Krishna and Krishna's book are the same. His Bhagavatam and his Bhagavad Gita. So this is this is what Parampara is supposed to do. So if we see here, uh, 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 so to understand Shastra, first we just have to understand the words, just the proposition, what's being said correctly. Um, sometimes we have to have good translations and accurate depictions of, of what the words mean. Uh, uh, and then, uh, the other thing that we, we call understanding Shastra is the unmediated apprehension of transcendence. 
See, when I, when I see through words, that's a mediation. The, the, the word is a medium, right? We use that term for the, the media. <laughs> it's a medium. But, but when, there, when there is transcendence, the medium disappears. It's, it's, it's no longer Krishna and Krishna's name are the same. It doesn't mediate between anything. So it's unmediated direct perception. Parishanubhava, direct perception of the Supreme. That's what we should see. So that's what's conveyed through Shastra. And the reason to understand just the words on the page and what they say is to attain the second kind of understanding. So that, that's what we aim to deliver. We, we aim to take every, ourselves and everyone else into the direct presence of Krishna. Um, any questions so far, or doubts, or confusions, or whatever? Yeah. Krishna's name being same as himself. Mm -hmm. Name is a manifestation of sound, and sound is a representation of an act that happens in ether, and ether is a material concept. So how would the name be understood as something to be divine? And uh, Krishna says, the following question is, Krishna says that when, or basically Bhagavad says that, when the material world was created by Bhagavad to and all those things, Krishna still kept himself aloof because he's not really part and parcel of the material world. It's created for Krishna, but he's still not, isn't it? And he's still not in it. So the name being something that is created for ether, if that is a correct understanding, how is it that like divine? Well, we call it non-avatar. You know, Krishna descends in the form of the name. We, we should have to, Prabhupada, and we are all working after a certain understanding. Uh, uh, that Lord Chaitanya uh, presented, which actually unifies all the, the Vaishnava Sampradayas. This is this idea of a chitya veda veda tattva. Uh, nothing is different from Krishna, yet Krishna is different from everything. There's two ways I, to, to, to say this. I, I, just from looking at how Prabhupada presents it. One is, nothing is different from Krishna, yet Krishna is different from everything. The other way Prabhupada puts it is, there's nothing but Sri Krishna, yet nothing is Sri Krishna, save and except his own primordial personality. It's called a chincha. <laughs> it's uh, inconceivable. What's inconce you can't conceive him as, as one, you can't conceive of them as different. That's one way, one way to look at it. And the only thing, uh, what I've done for myself is I, you know, just took this, like, 
You know how sometimes in Buddhists they meditate on the koan, you know, what is the sound of one hand clapping? Our, my koan is nothing is different from Krishna, yet Krishna is different from everything. But, uh, when, one time I was with Srila uh, Prabhupada in New Vrindavan. Uh, he was there, there was a festival or something. And I was with uh, some other members of the Bhaktivedanta Institute. We were walking, he was on a walk. And as we were walking, Prabhupada started talking about how. Uh, the woods, we are in the woods, there are trees everywhere. This wood, although it's wood, is actually just another form of fire. Because the trees take in the sunlight and transform it into wood. But it's actually sunlight in another form. And if you take the wood and you ignite it, the fire will come back out again. So in the same way, everything is actually spirit. He said. So at that point, I was I got a little bewildered, and when I had a chance, I could ask Prabhupada a question, and I said to him, and you know, I was a fairly new devotee. I, I, I said to Prabhupada something like, you know, that I'm trying very hard to distinguish between matter and spirit. I want to understand, aham brahmasma, I, I am a spirit soul, I'm not the body. So I'm, my, my effort right now is to understand the difference between myself and my body, so I'm distinguishing between matter and spirit. So that's, my, that's, my, that's what I'm doing. But now you're telling me everything is spirit. So now I'm confused. And, and it took me a couple of years to understand Prabhupada's answer. His answer was, we are not Maya bodies. <laughs> he said, there are different kinds of spirit. <laughs> so that we have to think of it that, or, or you can think of it this way. Krishna himself can change matter to spirit and spirit to matter back and forth. So when he chooses to, to, to use what sounds like a material sound vibration to convey a spiritual truth, that's now as good as... Uh, and he's, he's actually in the Bhagavad Gita, there's a really, really interesting purport where, where uh, what is that verse? Brahmarpanam Brahmahavir, you know the number? Four twenty-four. Huh? Chapter four twenty-four. Four twenty-four. Thank you. Have you ever, ever looked at Prabhupada's purport on that one? It's really amazing purport. Uh, I mean, I'm sure you've read it, but we look at it closely. So, so that text. There's an interesting history of that text because of uh, because of the way it's translated. Because if you look at the text. Brahmarpanam, Brahmahavir, Brahmapana, Brahmanahutam. This is listing all the ingredients in a fire sacrifice. And it's saying when you have the fire sacrifice, everything becomes Brahma. Right? That's what it says. Uh, when Prabhupada translates it, he said, a person who is fully absorbed in Krishna consciousness is sure to attain the spiritual kingdom 
because of its full contribution to spiritual activities for which the consummation is absolutely that which is offered is of the same spiritual nature. That's practically like a purport. And in Prabhupada's manuscript, this was the translation and it was the first line of the purport. And if you if you see the, the original Bhagavad Gita that was published by Macmillan that Hayarima edited, he put in somebody else's translation. <laughs> so we brought it back to what it originally was. So what this what Prabhupada is talking about is how uh, listen I'll just read it, it says. The materially absorbed conditioned soul can be cured by Krishna consciousness as set forth here in the Gita. This process is generally known as yajna. So he's taking a verse which is about a fire sacrifice. But now the whole process of Krishna consciousness is a yajna. So what happens when there's a yajna? Activities, sacrifices, simply meant for the satisfaction of Vishnu or Krishna. The more the activities of the material world are performed in Krishna consciousness or for Vishnu only, the more the atmosphere becomes spiritualized by complete absorption. That's almost like another translation. By complete absorption. The word Brahma, Brahman means spiritual. The Lord is spiritual. And the rays of his transcendental body are called Brahma Jyoti, his spiritual effulgence. Everything that exists is situated in that Brahma Jyoti. But when the Jyoti is covered by illusion, Maya, or sense gratification, three synonymous words, illusion, Maya, and sense gratification, covers the Jyoti. Uh, it is called material. This material veil can be removed at once by Krishna consciousness. Thus, the, now here's a translation of the verse again. The offering for the sake of Krishna consciousness, the consuming agent of such an offering or contribution, the process of consumption, the contributor and the result are all combined together Brahman or the absolute truth. The absolute truth covered by Maya is called matter. Matter dovetailed for the cause of the absolute truth regains its spiritual quality. Krishna consciousness is the process of converting the illusory consciousness into Brahman or the Supreme. So Krishna consciousness is the process of the re-spiritualization of matter. So all so actually when that happens, the material world is as good as the spiritual world. Everything that can be achieved there can be achieved here. And the words we use, everything we do, also becomes spiritualized. This becomes spiritualized. It wasn't created for a spiritual. I mean, this somebody is going to shake it up, baby. <laughs> <laughs> 
twisted shirt. No, that's material. But if what we're using it for is very different. And it's a different thing. It becomes spiritualized. Uh, uh. So Prabhupada concludes, when the mind is fully absorbed in Krishna consciousness, it is said to be in samadhi or trance. Brahma karma samadhi, no? that's the last uh, line in this verse. Anything done in such transcendental consciousness is called yajna or sacrifice for the absolute. And that condition of spiritual consciousness, the contributor, the contribution, the consumption, the performance, performer or leader of the performance, and the result or ultimate gain, everything becomes one in the absolute, the Supreme Brahman. That is the method of Krishna consciousness. It's worth reading and thinking about this purport for a very long time. <laughs> So that, that's how everything is spiritual, it's ultimately spirit. And if we don't see it, then because it's covered by illusion or matter of sense, sense gratification, the idea that I am the enjoyer of this. Sense gratification is the act of atheism. I may say I believe in God, I believe in Krishna, but if something is for my sense gratification, I'm alienating Krishna's property and I'm converting spirit into matter by my overlay of material activities. So our process the opposite to do the, to, to do the, uh, the difference, to make this difference happen. Yeah? Okay.
any kind of sustained spiritual experience behind it. And uh, at least my experience with fundamentalists was a tendency toward fanaticism. And what fanaticism is, when I've seen it in the Krishna consciousness movement also, I mean, <laughs> uh, fanaticism is an overcompensation for a lack of faith. When you see somebody that's really fanatical, often they'll, they'll, they'll do certain things like emphasize minor over major virtues. I, I knew one, one person who was a devotee who was always uh, flipping out because the editor changed something in, in Prabhupada's books. Uh, but his big problem was he had a cocaine habit. <laughs> But he could be outraged because they're, you know, so, so a, lot, a lot of times you see these things that people become fanatical about something uh, and, and strident uh, about certain uh, aspect of things and you can always look and see that there's some other problem you know, that they don't want to deal with or can't, uh, can't deal with it. Uh, so, uh, uh, yeah, that, that's that people will do all kinds of different things like, like uh, uh, in, in, in any spiritual movement where, where they're not... See, the, the problem is, of course, it's difficult. And we, we have good days and we have bad days and we have good years and we have bad years. Uh, the point is that one has to be uh, uh, honest. Frank, at least with oneself, about what we're going through. And, and not, and not uh, you know, on some various crusades, simple things, so I can not pay attention to what my real problem is. So these are the points. Uh, That this parampara conveys knowledge that's not conditioned by human limitations, Prabhupada's claim. It's not human-produced knowledge. Therefore, free from the four defects that, that uh, vitiate knowledge of human production. Another point that Prabhupada makes, Shastra must be accepted as it is. Its authority must be respected. There must be no additions, no subtractions, and no distortions. When Shastra is so understood, the meaning of Shastra becomes self-evident. Swata, Pramana. We'll talk about that more uh, later on. And the text becomes self-luminous. We want to talk about that experience of uh, self-evidence, what it means. If you have any questions at any of this, raise your hand right away, okay? Just don't wait for me to ask, but go ahead. If you want. 
had this question about four defects, and uh, uh, there is a reference in Chaitanya Charitamrita where this, these four defects Kaviraj Goswami mentions. And I was wondering where, uh, in which are the Vedic scripture does it come from? The no, I don't know. I don't know. Tra 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 uh, trace it down. Name the four defects, right? Yeah. What are the four defects? Mm -hmm. Your senses are imperfect. Yeah, our senses are imperfect, right? You can get illusion, cheating, propensity, and tendency to make mistakes. Yeah, we make mistakes, cheating, and illusion. Yeah. Even uh, in the purport also, Prabhupada didn't mention, doesn't mention it. No, it's there in Chaitanya Charitamrita. never try to check it down any further. One thing is about Lord Chaitanya, he's a good authority. <laughs> it's interesting that how when Krishna comes like when Lord Chaitanya comes, you know, somebody like that, you're you're right at the beginning again, you know, that that is fairly recent when you speak of the, the time scale. So those those, those kind of things, yeah, I just never thought to see where else they came from. It could be tracked down. Probably some other places. Maybe the only Upanishads. Do you have a question or comment? Yes. So you, you said how when they, when they receive information through Parampara, then all these symptoms of anatta should go away. So and we also read that, as, as Prabhupada says, that 16 rounds of chanting is, is sufficient to go back to Godhead. Mm -hmm. and, and my understanding is all, all the reading that we do is to help us to do that with more conviction mm -hmm. and all that. But, but even when we try to do that over years, but when a provoking situation comes, we, we slip. And then um, it, it really feels so bad to us, like how come it, it happened, so um, we, we, we we have to we have the faith in Dapi Chaitanya Sudarshana and we move forward. But still, there is a question that uh, why why because the faith it doesn't get shaken, but you still question yourself, like where was the fault? So with with what deep conviction that one should do that it should it will never happen again? So. That we move fast and forward. Well, uh, first of all, if we if, if we, have, we we are following the process and we run into some difficulty, sometimes we can we can see what was the occasion of it. You know, you could avoid certain things, and you, one should look. Sometimes you don't know. You can't see that you did anything wrong, and things suddenly got got rough. Uh, Maybe a bad planetary configuration or something out, out of your control, like that. Uh, this, when, when those kind of things happen, uh, at least for me, is think, you know, the only shelter I have is really the holy name. And, and, and one has to cry very sincerely to the Holy Name to be delivered. 
And sometimes a bad experience may help us cry even more sincerely. Uh, uh, and, and, and you can take advantage of it. Sometimes you can use a negative uh, situation or negative energy to, to achieve a, a positive result. And, and, and anything that helps me become more humble is useful. And that's one thing, because we advance by becoming humbler. Uh, and, and the more we see to understand that humility is actually realism, the better off we are. I remember once listening to a, a tape of Prabhupada on a morning walk, and some man said, some devotee said to him, Prabhupada, how can I become humble? And you get from his tone of voice, it was sort of, how can I, with my good looks, my, my whatever, you know, my, my, my riches, my uh, uh, intelligence, how can I think myself in the un unnatural and artificial position of humility? You know, it's like, oh, it's so hard, it's so, humility is so unrealistic, but actually you can understand that humility is realism, and that and I should, if, if I have trouble becoming humble, I should become humble because of that. Because it means I'm proud, and that's a fault. <laughs> so, so we should, we should, we should pursue humility. And, and, and whenever there's difficulties, where we go to ultimately go to shelter, I mean, we have to take some other remedial measures, but it, it is to intensify our activities of, of hearing and chanting. And, and and if we, if we, uh, I, uh, the, the advancement of Krishna consciousness, there may be many steps, but my conviction is that Krishna will always let us know the next step. And that's all we need to know is the next step. What do I have to do next? Now, in order to have Krishna guide us clearly, we have to want to take that step. I keep asking, what is the next step? And he shows me and I don't do it. <laughs> you may find it a little hard to find out what the next step is. So one has to be really, to, 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 to make advancement, just to take that, and take that next step. And that's all we really need to know, the whole thing. If you look at the whole thing and go, you know, and it sometimes looks like, I mean, even Prabhupada said, you know, that, that, that at a certain point he, he mentions in public lectures, in not private conversation, that, that at a certain point Bhakti Siddhanta appeared to him in dreams and told him to take sannyas. And Prabhupada said, I was horrified. <laughs> that was his reaction. I was horrified. Oh, no, I have to take sannyas. But he did it. But it, so sometimes, you know, that next step may go and look at, wow, how can I do that? You know, how can I disentangle me from this and that and the other thing? But usually, if you know what the next step is, you just, you can break that down into smaller steps, you know, and eventually you'll, you'll, you'll find you're making progress. And Krishna will help. He's not really in the business of stopping us from advancing in Krishna consciousness. And, 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 and it, when Krishna helps us, we can feel that. 
and, and that's super encouraging that, that we're not it's not our only endeavor that Krishna really wants us back very very badly and he's he's giving us uh, all the means he's, Krishna is not in the business of stopping our spiritual advancement quite the opposite you can't blame it on Krishna and, and if you're in this room that means Krishna's already made some arrangement for your spiritual advancement it won't, the same, won't be the same for each of us what the next step is, but we all can take that step. And we, we, sh we should do that. while I was while I was uh, reading it 
Um, I thought I discovered that what the Bhagavad Gita is really saying is surrender to Krishna. I thought that was my original discovery. <laughs> I really did. And, and I looked at it again, you know, yeah, that's what it's really saying is surrender to Krishna, you know. And, and uh, that's not. I was supposed to write a paper on the ethics of the Bhagavad Gita, and there's a particular dharma, and Swadharma, there's Swadharma, and universal dharma, and there's when there is a conflict, you follow your Swadharma. That's what the ethics, that was what our teacher, based on uh, Srinivas Gupta's, this was his widow who wrote his books, uh, who was the teacher. Anyway, he had a five-volume history of Indian philosophy. So, uh, uh, so the, I put that in my paper, and for that reason, I didn't get an A because <laughs> I said that. That's, that's how much. It and by the way, what I did was when I thought I said surrender to Krishna, I thought, you know, if that's what it says to do, I'm going to do that. And I went like this: the Krishna, there's a the kitchen table with the book in front of me, surrender. So, so, and I don't think nothing happened. <laughs> but I didn't do that. And with, with, within a month, I'm walking across campus and I hear ching, ching, ching. <laughs> so Krishna makes a rain, but I really did that. Surrender. You know, I didn't have any idea how to do it, and I thought nobody else understood the Bhagavad Gita like that but me. But. So there's many translations and, and people have covered it over with different things and they have different different reasons for for, for not liking Prabhupada. I can't I can't say what the, what what it may be. Uh, yeah. Anything else on this? We we should uh, these last ones are, are kind of uh, clear. Uh, do we, what are we on number 13? Huh? 11. Okay. Yeah, so or Shastra is a coherent whole. That's something that Prabhupada teaches. They all, all agree. Uh, and reconciliation of apparently disparate texts, texts is effected through reference to the Siddhanta, the single highest aim. So then there's a procedure if it seems like different things are taught. You see what the highest aim is. And so, so because, you know, it's a step-by-step -step matter. And for some people, for example, there may be texts that, that glorify impersonal Brahman. Okay, well that's, that's something. That's getting there. Other texts talk about, you know, the super soul realization. But we know how to how to how to organize them and how to reconcile them in a harmonious way that leads up to the ultimate Siddhanta. That's something that, that comes with this understanding. Uh, uh, so there is a thing that's called the Siddhanta. The, the, the single highest aim. And uh, on this matter, we're following the authority of Lord Chaitanya. 
Interpretation of text is required only in particular instances where the meaning is not clear. This is what Prabhupada says. If interpretation imposes something new, it blocks the self-luminosity of Shastra. So he, Prabhupada says this somewhere that, you know, if the meaning is not clear, then you can see different readings. And if you look at the purports of different, uh, different uh, uh, acharyas, they may give different ideas. They're all right. The, 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 the texts are sometimes they have multiple meanings at the same time. And all those that are consistent uh, apply in different ways in different, different times. Even Prabhupada will take the same text and in one context read it one way, in another context read it another way. The purpose of explanation and exposition is only to remove obstacles to the realization of self-evidence, the Swatva Pramana. It's self-luminous. So if something is self-luminous and we can't see it, then it must be there's something blocking it. So we get rid of the blockages, then it'll it'll come through. And so we'll talk more about this Swatva Pramana. Uh, later this afternoon. The perception of the self-luminosity of Shastra is part and parcel of the direct experience of the divine that Parampara conveys. So this is where Prabhupada's conviction comes from. It's not just that he's got some dogmatic adherence that he's following, you know, uh, but but that actually he has the experience of this uh, self luminosity of, uh, of of shastra. And finally, realized knowledge. We talked about this a lot yesterday. This what realized knowledge enables one to explain shastra in a way comprehensible to hearers conditioned by time, place, and circumstances while yet completely preserving the integrity of Shastra. So it has to, as he Prabhupada writes, it has to be suitable to, for a particular audience with that audience's own uh, predict. Uh, I mean, the amazing thing is that Prabhupada was able, he'd never been out of India, uh, uh, raised, uh, his English education was basically uh, uh, Victorian English. <laughs> it's not even um, the American English that we speak nowadays. It was like, he really knew that Wordsworth well, and you know, plain living and high thinking comes from a Wordsworth poem. He knew, he knew the Victorian poets very well. And, and, and so the experience of English, uh, English and English culture was, was not American, it was British. <laughs> But somehow or other, he came to America, and, and there were these, these young kids, you know, and, and somehow or other, he could see wherever, do something, and, 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 and uh, get them to start doing things, and yeah, here we are. Uh, so he also had that, that realized knowledge. <coughs> 
and it, it can be done. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, yeah. Okay, any more questions? Yeah. You were saying how uh, different Acharyas, Acharyas say different things in the same mm -hmm. topic, that they're all correct. Can you mm -hmm. explain that a little bit? Because I, I was questioning that myself at the time. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I wish I could take right now a particular example, because I, I do that right now. We, I, 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 I will read Prabhupada's commentary, and I'll read Vishnachakravarti. And sometimes, see, Prabhupada had, you know, the, the, the addition of the Bhagavatam, he had, and all these different acharyas there. And then Prabhupada would say something, and, and he kind of, like, pick from them, follow one or the other. And... Uh, and and, uh, and uh, yeah, I, I, what I really need to have is a, a concrete example, and I can't think of any right now. Unfortunately, if you find one, bring it to me. <laughs> uh, 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 but but uh, yeah. Uh, even a mundane work that, that's particularly rich will, will have multiple meanings. You have a really good English poem, for example. The, the, different people will be able to get different things out of it and see different things that are there simply because it's, it's very well done. That, that's common enough. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, the the Bhagavatam, Bhagavad Gita are are better than that, uh, and, and, and so if 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 it was, the the word they use uh, the term of art is polysemous that that is has multiple meanings that are there in the text. Some of them are contradictory to the conclusion. Some of them don't fit in the context, but many of them uh, many of them. Uh, will do that. And a lot of times you'll find that Prabhupada actually in his commentary is reconciling what different uh, previous commentators had, had, had said. Uh, he he, he will, will mention that. Yeah. You think of an example? Yeah. You could, yeah, thank you. So I think it comes in the when Parikshit Maharaj is going to sit at the bank. So Krishna Chakrithakar is saying that's Bank of Ganges and Jiva Goswami yeah. said that no, that's Yamuna, it yeah. was too far away. Mm -hmm. uh, but Prabhupada, I think the weekends has said that yeah, it comes Yamuna because it was holier Ganges. Mm -hmm. That's right, that's something like that, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So anyway, that, that will happen. Uh, uh, and, and you know, if you, you run into something that gives you a difficulty, you can always ask somebody else who's more experienced and more knowledgeable uh, about, about these things. Anything else? Misha, okay, it's 4.30, and we should take a break, maybe, no? Have a little chanting, no? and uh, have a little kirtan. Use the bathroom. <laughs>
whatever, and uh, then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll uh, get on our, our uh, next part of this uh, this discussion. So thank you very much. Shri Prabhupada Ki Jai.